Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Good Roads Podcast. I am Jared LeMay, and it has been a long time since we've been able to record an episode, mainly because of the 2022 uh, Good Roads Conference, which occupied a lot of my time, and especially that of the man who planned it all sitting across from me, Mr. Thomas Barakat. Are you glad to be off that crazy train there, Thomas, at least for a couple more months uh, when planning begins again? I was going to say, Jared, we're almost, we're, we're pretty much, we've already met for 2023 already, <laughs> so um, it was very uh, short-lived break there. Um but yeah, definitely glad to, to, to be past it in the sense that it's nice to see it come to fruition this year, especially with all the ups and downs of uh, COVID and Omicron and moving the, the conference from February to April. It was nice to kind of see it and see everybody back in person and uh, very excited for next year and the potential that, um, you know, not having a, a conference disrupted by a pandemic for the first time in a few years uh, with, with all that that brings. So. Well, I mean, for everything that went on, I think we put on a damn good conference. We might be a bit biased, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try not to be biased today. But I mean, for, for everything that went on, we had a, a fantastic lineup of people who were there um, just from guests. And I, I know people have seen him on the podcast. We had Chuck Marone, uh, Bruce Katz. Mm -hmm. Cadmus DeLorme was a fantastic session. And we're going to be putting these online soon. So definitely check them out, everybody, because they are honestly terrific sessions. Um and on top of that, we had a lot of political guests, um, That's right. which will lead into nice the, segue for today. Yeah, nice segue for today. Um, and, and as a segue for today, you've hopped out of the proverbial frying pan, which was conference and into the fire, which is provincial elections, <laughs> which will be our topic for today. But right. before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is sponsored by the Good Roads Gravel Roads Workshop, which is going to be taking place in October. Uh, gravel roads, they account for approximately one third of Ontario's municipal road network and are vital transportation solutions for small and medium-sized municipalities. Gravel roads require a considerable amount of engineering knowledge to properly design and maintain. So join us for a day dedicated to both the state of practice and the state of the art, focusing on key areas that can be used to ensure long-term performance and cost effectiveness. Uh, this event taking place October 20th at the Mississauga Grand, and for details, head over to OGRA.org. All right. So four years into our rearview mirror and a couple of once-in-a-lifetime events over the course of those four years, and we're back to provincial elections. <laughs> so much as we did with the federal elections, we're going to be discussing the platforms and the positions for the major parties and how they impact the municipalities. Sure. It's going to be a little bit difficult to include the green parties with this, Thomas, uh, as they literally dropped their platform this morning. That's right. Probably about, what, 20 minutes before we started recording? That's right. Uh, although, they, they, you know, uh, full credit to them, they did, they did make some of their announcements at our conference, and they did have a couple of uh, backgrounders um, specifically to transportation and community building on their website, which we were able to reference. But if we do uh, skip out something that was not there and it was in the full budget, we do apologize to the Green Party for that. Yeah, we're, we're not trying to play favorites here. We're... Uh we're, we're just trying to get everybody's views in and uh, educate the viewers and right. um, everybody else about what's going on. So uh, why don't we dive into that? Uh, where do sure. we want to start? There's a lot to look into. Um, everybody has a lot. Unlike the federal election, there's a lot more for municipalities, right. specifically for Ontario in this one. So right. what, as, as the resident policy, I, I hate using the word guru, but <laughs> where do you want to start? What do people need to know? Well, I'll start with this, Jared. So um, I encourage everyone to come visit our website to kind of uh, check out some of the priorities and which we'll, I'll, I'll start off by speaking to that uh, first. Um, we, you know, based on conversations that we've had with our members over the past year or so, 
Um, we have, have um, you know, been meeting with provincial officials from all parties um, to kind of have these conversations about the issues. Um, and we've been talking, we've been talking specifically um, in terms of solutions, but I want to outline kind of five big priorities um, that we had uh, that, that, that I guess a lot of these issues kind of fall under. Um, but, but, but even before that, I just want to preface that by saying most of these issues, Jared, most of these come from um, municipal fiscal sustainability issues. The fact that municipalities in Ontario do not have the proper taxation tools or funding tools, whatever you want to call it. I'm not, and we're not even talking about raising taxes, but just in charge of, sorry, just with, with what municipalities are in charge of, the services that they provide, they're just not set up to, to have all those responsibilities with the revenue that they have. So they're very much at the whim of the other levels of government. That has not really changed over the past uh, couple of years. It's been something we've been advocating for as we well, have, right? We have been advocating, as have an, a bunch of other municipal associations. But so, and unfortunately, a lot of the issues that we have today stem from that. Um, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any you know, massive uh, changes uh, to that. But I want to outline the five priorities which I think come out of that. So one is sustainable infrastructure funding. You know, municipalities own, I, don't, I think it's a 60% of all the infrastructure and they only get 8% of uh, revenue tools or revenue from, uh, you know, from taxation. So that's one. Um, safe public infrastructure, it's almost kind of stem, stems from that. A lot of the time making your infrastructure safer requires investments in infrastructure re and redesigning roads and, and, and bridges and all that sort of thing. You know, that's another thing. Adapting to a change in climate. Again, it, it, it's, it's, it's another step on that. Um, you know, climate change adaptation, this is going to be the biggest probably the biggest issue over the next, uh, you know, decade or so. Right. Um, you know, we've seen all these floods and whatnot and extreme heat, extreme rain. Um, we have to adapt our infrastructure to that. Um, again, municipalities don't have the fiscal capacity to do that. Um, moving on to priority number four, um, something that's, you know, put it that's even taking more money away from them is these skyrocketing insurance premiums. So if you're a municipality and you're already cash strapped and then you have rates that are just, you know, astronomically increasing, um, which we've talked about on this on this podcast in the past, um, which you know, Jared, if you want, you can link that in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, we so that's another thing we're looking for, you know, our, our, as a priority. And then uh, priority number five is just we need a trusted partner for the future. Um, so we're looking for someone who can kind of help the municipal sector, municipal transportation, and infrastructure sector, um, you know, with all these issues going forward, and to be a trusted partner. So. Those are the five priorities that, that we have outlined. Um, if you want to like hear more about them or read more about them, check the, check out our website. Check we have a PDF you can download if you want to do that. I'll link that in the in the description below in in the YouTube video, uh, the show notes on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good Perfect. stuff. Perfect. Yeah. So and if you yeah. go to Goodroad or ogra.org, yes, we're not there yet. Yes, we're close, getting close, but we'll save that for a future episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so th that's how that's how kind of we've uh, you know we've kind of structured our what we're looking at in terms of uh, the issues for 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 this uh, this year's election, um, and I just want to also just add, like I mentioned before, we have met with the parties, we've met with over the past few months, we've also met with you know party leaders, um, ministers, you know we've had great conversations with staff as well, both on the public servant side and and the political side. Um, so it's, it's, it, what you're seeing here, what you're going to be hearing here is, uh, almost like a year's worth of work, um, kind of, you know, kind of, uh, presented in, in a way. So 
Jared, why don't, why don't we start off by, um, I guess, I, I wanted to kind of talk about these, um, I guess, these issues um, based on these, like through these priorities, through the lenses of these priorities. Why don't we go through, um, why don't we start with the the, the, the the provincial budget, which will which serves pretty much as the PC party platform, yeah. because there is no formal platform that they've released this time around. Um, we'll look at that uh, starting off in the sustainable infrastructure funding. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do that? So... Um, I can so this is what I'll do. I'll I'll just say that um, this so this is actually first uh, announced in the uh, fall economic statement back in November, I believe it was. Um, they announced they were doubling OSIF, the Ontario Community Infrastructure Fund. So okay. it's about up to about two billion over was it four years or five years? One of the two. Um, but that's a pretty. I mean, doubling OSIF is huge. OSIF is pretty stable funding, um, and to have it kind of you know laid out for. Um, yeah, it is for five years. So to have it kind of more stable for for those uh, five years, that was that's a huge commitment and a huge win from um, the Minister of Infrastructure uh, King Gasurma and and the government. And uh, I think everybody um, from smaller uh, municipalities that that received this funding um, were very happy to hear that. Yeah. So um, with the Conservative government promising that, is there any um, anything else from any of the other parties in terms of OSIF? Uh, so there weren't any specific mentions to OSIF that I saw in uh, the other uh, in the other platforms, um, except uh, I, I, there there were um, references to uh, infrastructure and community infrastructure. But so I, there's no no I mean I don't think anyone's going to come out and say we're gonna we're gonna scrap the doubling of OSIF. That would probably be very um, a bad political move if I could if I could inform that. Um, but uh, no, there's so there was nothing specifically. Um, regarding OSIF in the other uh, platforms that I saw. Um, yeah, and as I went through the platforms, I did notice mentions of uh, community infrastructure funding here and there, nothing specific related to OSIF. But yeah, so the uh, although I would I will say that the the Liberal Party, the Ontario Liberal Party, they had they had se- they wanted to set up something called a a rural development fund, um, which which builds or repairs crucial community rural infrastructure. Like libraries, arenas, and other communities, uh, uh, community spaces. So, um, and they and they also want to use it to encourage co-location of schools and community services. That's on page seventy-nine of uh, the Liberal platform. Um, so that's 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 definitely a nod to uh, that sort of thing. It doesn't include, unfortunately, what we like to talk about, which is roads or bridges and whatnot. But um, infrastructure, you know, if you can if you can if you can use money to build a, a part other infrastructure, it take there's money left over, hopefully to. Um, to build the ones that our members uh, that are near and dear to their heart. So. Well, in in terms of roads and bridges, since you mentioned it, um, and uh, th- this is a nod to the northern municipalities and a nod to our good friend Mark Wilson. Um, the Liberal Party did mention they want to implement that two plus one roads. George, you're jumping ahead. You're <laughs> jumping ahead. We're go- That's that's going to be in. Uh, we're, to, we're come on. That's safe public infrastructure. Wow. That's uh, that, that was well, one that more was down the line. that was one that was the next one. Okay. One. But well, I mean, hey, look, if you want, we can. I mean, I, why, don't, why don't we just hold that thought very quickly? Right, we'll, we'll put a pin in that for we'll now. Put a, pill, a, a, a put a pin in that for now, <laughs> yeah. Um, and just talk, yeah, like let's like let's just yeah, let's talk infrastructure funding okay. first, sustainable infrastructure funding, um, because yeah, look, so here's so that's so the specifically OSIF that that was the only thing that we saw, um, but this kind of goes into and I think this is the best kind of area to have this kind of conversation. You can't talk about sustainable infrastructure without talking about planning uh, and development because the way that our communities are physically built determines if they're financially sustainable, 
right? Right. So we've, you know, we talked to Chuck Marone. Our everyone that came to our conference heard from Chuck Marone. He's talking about we gotta we gotta stop sprawl. We gotta stop building, you know, useless infrastructure projects that Strodes. just strodes that sort of thing and we have to kind of invest in you know more so i want to say complete communities but right. uh, we have to kind of um densify what we already had that doesn't mean a 50-story tower on each corner of our <laughs> you know quote-unquote stable neighborhoods and that. that's not what right. we're talking about but i'm going to give us uh, an honorable mention here to the green party who they uh, they have pledged to freeze urban boundaries um and accommodate uh, all growth within all already built up areas so um, the liberals have promised to um, uh, to kind of stop it as, or slow it down. Uh, same with the NDP. Um, they want to hold the line on it, I think was the NDP, was how the NDP um, characterized it. And the liberals had also indicated that they wanted to kind of uh, put the incentives back to um, to kind of densify um, existing neighborhoods already. And I think we, we discussed that in our 413 episode about how we can use existing areas existing land existing yeah. communities and build off of that exactly and it's funny we're not really like a planning and development organization but you can't you can't talk about sustainable infrastructure without talking about these sorts of things yeah so you know uh yeah i i, I agree we have had we've had a conversation with charles Marone about this we have a conversation about the 413 uh on this um but we have to build our communities in a way that are uh sustainable for infrastructure so that they're financially sustainable right um Unfortunately, yeah, this is something that the the current government uh, they they don't seem to have an issue with sprawl. Um, they have committed to transit oriented communities, which I think is was which is also great. That's really good. And as I went through their platform, there, there's a lot of great. Well, actually, everybody's platform has a lot of yeah, a awesome lot of uh, yeah. push for transit. And again, going back to that 413 episode, we talked a lot about to make these complete communities, you need transit. You need, yeah. especially if you want to like. Southern Ontario being so spread out, but everything sort of being in one central location. Yeah, yeah, and the, so we saw in the budget that the that the the Conservatives uh, pledged uh, sixty one point six billion uh, over ten years for public transportation, public transit, um, which is I mean that's that's huge. Like we're seeing subways being built, uh, we're seeing LRTs being built, um, and that sort of thing. And and you know we can't. Uh, we can't. Those are those are tough projects that take a long time to build, and unfortunately, there's a lot of cost overruns associated. Right. So to see that commitment there um, is very. It's nice to have that with uh, with the government, the current government, and then uh, the other parties have also pledged to to kind of boost um, transit. Um, and you know, we we were talking about sustainable infrastructure, and it's hard to talk about that without talking about transit infrastructure, but also transit service. Um, and I did want to kind of hold off on the uh, on the on the um, some of this for the final part, which is about uh, trusted partner. But I mean, it's, it it just seems like the logical thing is, um, you know, restoring provincial funding for uh, municipal public transit. This is an, one of the NDP um, uh, promises. So they want to restore that up to back to to fifty percent of net operating costs. So. Um, that that it has been historically a lot lower than that. I think in the maybe in the '90s it was higher, or maybe around fifty percent. Right. But again, I'm going to give full full credit where credit is due. The Conservatives have done a very good uh, job supporting municipalities uh, on the transit front uh, through the budget shortcomings that were a result of the pandemic. So they 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 had they had very much helped municipalities um, with that. The NDP is promising fifty uh, percent um, of funding, like just permanently, which right. I think is great. And the Liberals are promising um, buck a ride, which I 
absolutely. That was only for six idea. months, though. I believe is in there. Uh, it was for two years. Two years, sorry. For two I, years. I knew it was a, a timed thing. Right, but they also wanted to support uh, municipality. They wanted to make up that the budget shortfalls by doing that. Right. Um, I think they had pledged was it two billion? I think is uh, what they had pledged uh, pledged for that. So. Um, Again, over two years. I think it's over two years. Uh, but yeah. So, but but you know, when you're looking at a platform, you have to look at the intent as well. So I'm seeing the intention here is they want to be a partner on municipal on municipal transit, right? Um, and so that pledge, the Bucca ride, is not just for go. It's for like you know Oakville Transit, Mississauga Transit, like all the local transit. Uh, and I mean, that was in a lot of the platforms as well, was to connect these communities. I mean, I know fair integration. Yeah, exactly. There are certain um, communities now where. You get off a bus and you got to pay for another ticket for a train. Right. And um, I used to I used to live in um, Oshawa, the Durham area, and they they had a fantastic system where go uh, at the time Durham Region Transit was broken up into Pickering, Ajax, Oshawa. Right. right. But they all connected, and one ticket for Oshawa was good for like a transfer in Ajax or right. the Go Bus or something like that. And yeah. to spread that out throughout the GTA, the, the Golden Horseshoe area, will help a lot of people who have to pay double fares. Yeah, exactly. And the more we can convince, the, the easier you can make uh, tran- like a ride on transit to get from point A to point B. That the the more appealing it is to leave the car at home, right? And then then the the less congestion you have, the less need there is for you know highways, and also the cost is a big thing. Well, and that's the thing too. When I when I lived in Oshawa and um, worked in Mississauga, it was just too cost prohibitive, prohibitive, and time prohibitive right. for me to take the go. I would have to take two goes and two buses to get to my work over four hours, right? Which and I I it's mean, not sustainable to do that. No, I I was in like a, a blizzard driving home, and it took me four hours. And that's just once. Imagine every day on the bus, the right. train, and yeah, yeah. I mean, once I mean, you missed your train, yeah. there's another half hour. Yeah. yeah, like not not every trip is gonna is is like it makes sense. It, it's not logical at right. this point. But the more we can kind of work towards, you know, time, like lots of transit, uh, like this, and this, and higher service levels. Well, and that's the um, thing. I mean, there are a couple of the platforms are talking about um, increasing times between these, uh, like between buses and trains and everything like that. So um, yeah. You mean frequency? Frequency, yeah. thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, you don't want to increase the time. You want to you want to well, decrease the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah. Decrease yeah. Uh, or increase frequency. Uh, people can get where they're going quicker. Um, and then uh, what, what is it? The uh, PCs and the liberals, and I believe even the uh, oh yeah yeah no the NDP had the all day go from Kitchener Waterloo to Toronto. They're, yeah. they're looking into um, That's an important uh, uh, go expansion for the liberals. Um, PCs are talking about uh, go expansion to Bowmanville. They're exploring London, Golden Horseshoe, and southwestern Ontario as well. Right, right. So everybody's looking into or promising to do something for transit. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw in here something else that I saw on uh, page 79 of the liberal platform. Uh, they actually pledged to improve transportation options by making uh, community transportation grants permanent for small and rural communities so those grants help um smaller uh smaller transit uh, systems in some of these rural communities um some of them are uh, it could be like um on-demand transit that sort of thing there I, th- I believe this is this one was a pilot for a few years and it keeps getting extended because it seems to be doing such a good uh job uh and so it's nice to see that 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 pledge to make it uh to make it permanent there in the uh, in the liberal platform so um before we uh it was on page 64 i believe before we jump off transit um 
the liberals were talking about electrification of transit as well on page 64 of their uh, right. Yep. Which uh, I think is a fantastic idea. Yep. And it's, um, yep. if you're, and I mean, I know we'll get into uh, climate change and everything later on, but um, as an electric car user, uh, I know as, you're going to bring it up. I mean, it, it's a fantastic vehicle and a, and a great service to use. Um, but but I mean, if they if they can electrify this and take the onus off right uh, fossil fuels specifically for this, that's a huge chunk. Well. A good chunk out yeah. of uh, out of emissions. So Metrolinx, I think they do have a plan to do that. I I, I don't know if the Liberals are planning to Work speed it them. up, um, but the the Greens have pledged this. Um, the current government, and like I said, I, I know that that's the long term plan for Metrolinx. They're doing a lot of work right now to kind of um, lead up to it because it takes time. You have to kind of they're trying to you know do uh, implement regional express rail, right. which is more frequent, more stops, but like and also electrified. So. Yeah. I think a lot of the parties are, uh, are are pledging that. I don't I don't remember if I saw that in the in the electrification in the NDP one, but I would I feel like it's something that they would support. Um, I, I remember seeing it somewhere else, and I didn't I didn't put it in my notes which one it was, but it, I, NDP sounds right, but I'm not gonna don't quote me on that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, with with electrification comes. Um, an increase in uh, the need for that power source, which right. I mean, all, all parties need to look at, and it, it's not really our place to say. Right, it's not in our mandate, but right. we have talked about energy use mm-hmm. and, and where it comes from in Canada, right, and right. Ontario specifically, right. Uh, and so I want to just, but I know we jumped ahead a little bit. I want to go back to, um, just sorry, I had mentioned that the Liberals had uh, brought or wanted to make the community transportation grant permanent. Um, on that note, the NDP pledged to fill the gap left behind by, Grey, by Greyhound kind of exiting because inter, inter-community transit is very important and there's a lot, a lot of places where those options are just very lacking. So the NDP has pledged to work with municipal and industry partners to develop an inter-community transportation strategy uh, to better connect communities across Ontario. That's page 80 in the, um, in the NDP platform. So I, I like to see that. That's, you know, people in the north and in other rural areas, they need options that don't involve driving all the time. Uh, they have to get the medical appointments and in you know different towns, different cities. Um, having those options, uh, especially for those who can't drive or can't afford to drive, right. um, you know, it, it's an equity issue as well. So um, it's, it's it is very nice to 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 see that uh, in there. Um, and then also, and then just lastly on this, because we're talking about kind of transit and inter community and rural, and we should talk about northern uh, transit. The current government wants to. So the PCs have pledged, and they've already kind of started. Um, the business case to bring back the Ontario Northlander, the right. actual train um, from Toronto to Timmins, Cochrane, Timmins. Why am I? Uh, no, it was Timmins. Um, then the, the NDP wants to um, restore it and connect connect it with the Polar Express in Cochrane. That's what the NDP. So they want to even extend it further. Um, so you know that's uh, it's it is nice to to see that we you know for us. You know, it's not really a municipal thing, but it helps the commun- our municipal members up there so much to have that option. And right. it's economic development, it's equity, it's um, you know getting to and from you know different places. You you just need that there. And a lot of these, a lot of this infrastructure or these services are not like in all honesty, they might not be profitable. But this is where you need to have a partner, a government partner, to kind of come in because this is it's important for those communities to have that. And I mean, sometimes it's not about profit, but Exa- I mean, but this if- is what yeah. But a private company isn't going to come yeah. in. And that's why we need the, go- exactly. we need the government partner. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's where the government comes in to 
to help with it. I mean, it's not about profits right now. It's about northern communities. And as we build up those communities, uh, they will eventually become profitable. Exactly. We just need that little bridge to that. Um, Exactly. Most of the parties, actually, I was watching the the northern debates a couple of days ago. And I I believe all of the parties were on board with bringing back the Northlander. Um, Del Duca got a little bit of... um, fluff or flack from the other parties for right. being being there when I, I don't think he was actually a cabinet minister when the northlander was canceled but he came on afterwards right yeah so that was uh it was it was canceled under um the mcginty government right. and i believe uh stephen Duca was elected in 20 either way he, he came in a couple years afterwards yeah. but um, that's that's still something yeah. hanging well, over his government's head. Yeah, and uh, you know whether it's fair or not is right. is another conversation. But um, the, the fact is, yeah. they they want to bring it back. All parties want to bring it back. It's great for Northern Ontario. It's great for municipalities. It's great for the people. And yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, and what else can we say about? I think yeah, I think that. Um, In terms of uh, public transit, or yeah, so why don't I think I think why don't we move on to um, why don't we move on? Actually, hold on. Now, one last thing on this. Um, so the the liberals, and I don't I don't know why I didn't get the page number on this, but th- this was they wanted to um, they wanted to review municipal fiscal sustainability and the potential to upload responsibility of more critical infrastructure like bridges and roads to the province. So like that's a pretty big right. like that's a, like it's, it's weird. I, I just kind of have it written down, scribbled down there at the bottom, <laughs> but that's a huge um it, I mean I don't like there's no details so I can't I guess I don't know how huge it is, but you know, in the past we saw da- like a lot of downloading from yeah. you know in the 90s in, in the Harris government. Um and like we mentioned municipalities have the least <laughs> the least ability to kind of uh, pay for infrastructure. Right. So exactly. if we're talking about uploading, I mean, uploading would be, I mean, that would be huge. And we're talking, um, you know, bridges and roads. We, you know, we calculated a $34.7 billion infrastructure deficit municipal in Ontario alone, just for roads, bridges and culverts. So if we can, this is, if this is a creative way to, um, I mean, I wouldn't even say creative, but it's a, it's a logical, it's a common right. sense ways to take that away from the municipalities. And, and, and give it to the province. And with that deficit, Dr. James Smith of Good Roads is recalculating for this year. Yes. Once uh, the uh, once the the update the the asset management plans are updated, uh, which the deadline is July first, I believe. Right. So we'll we'll see in a little bit more detail if it's gotten any worse during the pandemic right. or yeah. how where we're standing. Right. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's a future uh, show we'll we'll have here. Jim. We'll have yeah. Dr. James on. We'll see about that. There but, we go. Um, but yeah, so I just I thought I just wanted to to mention that because that's a pretty you know, when you when you talk about issues you have to talk about solutions right and uh, you know we so the the solution that we proposed was uh you know for that is a municipal bridge bundling uh, pilot project which and we've been kind of ham- hammering that with all the parties um, we've seen that in other jurisdictions um, you know we can see savings of thirteen to twenty percent. Um, just by switching up how we do that. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, if we can do more with less and not cut anything, you know, that's to me is common sense. So that was our kind of proposed solution um, for one or one of the solutions for a municipal, um, for sustainable municipal uh, infra- uh, uh, funding and or for infrastructure, I should say, and just in general. Um, unfortunately, I don't see a commitment here. 
Now, Stephen Del Duca at our conference announced that they would be supporting that. I don't see it in. I don't see it like specifically outlined in right. um, in the platform. But, but we have them on video saying it. Oh, we, yeah, that's right. Yes, right. So, so we're going to yes. hold them to it. <laughs> yeah. So if he gets if he gets elected as as premier, we'll we'll show up to the meeting with just uh, a recording of him saying that, and we'll, and we'll hold his feet to the fire on it. There so, we go. And and I did tell him that we would hold his feet to the fire on it. So if he was elected, so. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I think that's enough for, for our first priority. Why don't we move on to public infrastructure, to safe public, uh, yeah, safe use, right? Uh, safe public, in, yeah, safe public, infrastructure. safe public infrastructure. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, you started talking about the two plus ones. I don't, why don't you start off with that, Jared? All right. Um, so the, uh, the provincial conservatives, they've, um, uh, they, they've, Started the pilot project with uh, our good friend Mark Wilson about two plus one roads uh, up in Timiskaming Shores, that area. Yeah, um, Highway 11 north of North Bay. They they have I don't think they've finalized the two the sites or two sites that they they had they had narrowed it down. But from what we understand, they're fully committed to it. Right. So kudos to Minister Mulroney and her team for that's a very you know that's like a really good example of a safe systems approach. To transportation, and I don't. I know that's going to lead to the next thing, so I'm, I'm just going to let you go on with the two plus one. Yeah. So they've they've are they just doing uh, the, the test right now? Or are they fully committed to it? Well, it's, it's going to be a pilot. They're going to yeah. start off with that one, and I think if they once they, once they see undoubtedly see the results, I I don't see why they wouldn't expand it to other areas. Right. And again, the liberals um, in their platform, page seventy nine, they they're hundred percent for implementing two plus one roads. Um, the NDP, I didn't see anything specific about two plus one roads, uh, Highway 11 and 17 reclassification. And that's, that's another one. Let, well, let's let's move to that in a sec. All right. Yeah. Um, and again, the Green Party, I'm going to have to uh, leave that for you because. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I so unfortunately, because we so in the original um, uh, uh, transportation brief uh, that they had on their website, which was not part of the full platform. Um, it was I didn't see any reference to that, um, but the Greens make and I, and again I, and maybe this is a segue um, because we've gone kind of exhausted this. Um, they have committed and so actually they have committed to Vision Zero specifically outlined in their platform. Again, special mention um, to Mike Schreiner and the Greens for that. They, they're not they're not beating around the bush. They're they fully they want to implement Vision Zero. And uh, that's on, you know, page 39 of the platform. I just, you know, I had to control F it there. Implement Vision Zero to prioritize road safety for pedestrians and cyclists. I mean, like it doesn't get better than that. That's the holy grail of road safety, uh, of, of an approach to road safety. Right. We've, we've been talking to uh, all parties about this for the past few years, probably since 2017 or so. Um, this is the way forward for 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 uh, getting to zero on uh, serious injuries and fatalities on our roads. They want to do that. The Greens want to do that. They also want to create a fund for municipalities to build um, protected bike lanes um, while preserving safety and curb access for seniors and people with disabilities. So I mean, they've got a lot of they've got a, like a lot of really good stuff in here, uh, good things in here. Right. Um, and that's fantastic. That's been our ask for a, a long time. Uh, advocacy days have been yes, yes, specifically and they, that. Yep. And then, and they specifically actually say re redesign roads uh, to reduce motorist speed in areas that are particularly danger. Uh, that are particularly dangerous to pedestrians and cyclists, and eliminate uh, hazards such as slip lanes. So, 
I feel like even though it's two plus one isn't in this, I feel like the Green Party would be very supportive of that because uh, the two plus one is a, is a Vision Zero or a safe systems approach to road safety. So not in there, but I'm going to assume that if you're if you're talking about Vision Zero and you and you and you you know explicitly state it like they have in the Green Party platform, then you know I don't want to put words in in in, in Mike Schreiner's mouth, but I assume he, he'd be cool with it. But to move on from that, um, the Liberal Party also has a little bit of Vision Zero on their platform. I noticed sp- specifically um, page uh, 66 of the PDF, uh, make it more affordable and safer to bike, walk, and drive, which includes a $500 rebate for e-bikes, expanding cycling lanes and trails, uh, work to eliminate road fatalities and serious injuries, and make it cheaper to install winter tires. Yes. So again, this is something uh, Stephen Del Duca at our conference said he was he was going to be fully supportive of. It doesn't specifically say Vision Zero, but like you said, it says make it safer to get in, uh, for pedestrians and cyclists to get on and set a goal to achieve zero fatalities or serious road injuries. It's elements of. That is, yeah. No, that is, that is exactly what it is. And, they, and then just to kind of build on, they say they'll do this by supporting common sense road designs that improve safety and reduce collisions and will increase penalties for driving offenses that result in fatalities or serious injuries. So that's Vision Zero without the name Vision Zero. Yeah. So that's a Vision Zero pledge. So two of the four parties pledging to Vision Zero. Hey, I think that that's that's part of the work we've done, but it's also yeah. the work other great road safety organizations have been kind of pushing forward. And I forward. mean, we, we've had excellent conversations with the NDP and oh, yeah. conservative yep. government yep. about this. I, I yep. didn't see, maybe you did specifically in their platforms. So the, not specifically in the platforms, but the NDP has put like in the past um, uh, session, I guess, of the legislature, uh, they have put they had put together a series of, of vulnerable road user bills and road safety bills. So uh, for me, I was I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't specifically referenced just because of how active they were on that file for yeah, the exactly. past four years. Um, so that's, but it's again not in the platform itself. Um, uh, and the conservatives they passed the Moms Act when they were uh, so uh, last spring, yeah, about a year ago, uh, and that like combated things like stunt driving and all that. So that's again great first step. But we're, we're looking for something that's going to be uh, like taking us to the next. Um, Next level in terms right. of that. And it's, it's rethinking our, our uh, how we see our roads and our transportation network in general. So, again, I'll say on this, the Liberals and the Greens have done just, uh, you know, they stand out on this. Right, right. They, they've put it specifically in there so that people yeah. can see it. Right. Now, but on this, and you kind of alluded to this uh, a bit before. So there are different, you know, there's, there's different... Um, I guess aspects to road safety. One is like Vision Zero and and that and then and and design and all that. But yeah, the next one is it's it's maintenance, like winter maintenance and all the, and 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 all that sort of thing. So right. um, you meant I'll I'll let you say it because you had you had kind of. Um, well, I mean, the big one I noticed was uh, the NDP talking about bringing winter maintenance back in house. Yeah. Instead of that was page uh, eighty two of their PDF. Yes. Yeah, I saw that on page eighty. But uh, maybe yeah. It, anyway. Well. Yeah, they're page 80, page 82 of right. the PDF. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't have to have a debate about the PDF. <laughs> but yeah, they, they said they'll... It's it's a commitment to end bad contracts with private companies. And right. So, I mean, that... I, I mean, that's... Um, I don't even know how I feel about that. Is that a burden on municipalities to have to pick that back up again? Or so I don't know if this is. So this is the thing. I don't know if I don't know if this is uh, for this is probably for public. Or sorry, for provincial highways. Right. Not municipal. Okay. So well, I, I think I assumed that I didn't see a mention to municipal. Well, I mean, it's just a little paragraph too. It's not right. Um, so we don't know the full details. But my, I would assume that this is that doesn't affect municipalities but what the province does municipalities look up to the province for leadership on this sort of thing so right 
if there's a push to to kind of bring these services back in house, um, I don't know. I'm we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I, I guess from the NDP as well as the classification of Highway 11 and 17 as Class Ones. Yeah. So this is okay. So this is the thing. I want to give an honorable mention to the NDP for this, especially um, MPP Guy Bourguin, because he's been he's been he actually had introduced a bill. I think in 20, was it either, I think it was 2018 uh, as, or was it 2019, early on in the past uh, session of the legislature. Um, and unfortunately, it, was, it, it did not pass, but this is where I, this is where I had first seen this um, uh, uh, mentioned. Um, it, he, they tried to bring it back again after the legislature was prorogued last year or at the end of last summer, um, didn't, didn't get the movement, uh, unfortunately. So it is there, it is in the, it is in the uh, NDP platform, and I think that's a very, you know, they need that, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's there. So the, the Liberals have also joined in on that, so they have mentioned it in their platform, designating highways 11 and 17 as class 1 highways, so they're probably more often. This essentially just gives them the same kind of uh, level of service or of maintenance that we have here in southern Ontario on 400 series highways. And Anyone that's right. driven on highways 11 and 17 or is from the north just can tell you how important these highways are to those northern municipalities. Right. So, again, this is not a specifically a municipal issue, but it's so important. These roads are so important to those communities that it, we have to mention it. So, mentioning that, uh, the conservative all, conser- conservatives mentioned Highway 11 and 17, increasing them from two lanes to four lanes. Would that bring them up to Class 1 highways then? Well, I think, that, I think Class 1 in the sense that uh, just in terms of uh, – I don't – so, actually, you may you raise a good point. Right now, I think how you how uh, a class one highway is measured. I don't know if it's lanes or if it's in the, on the frequency, the number of cars like tra- like vehicles per hour, that okay. sort of thing. And this is where I'd have to go back. But in Guy, in Guy Bourguin's original bill, he had wanted to kind of change the way you how you change something classified as class one. All right. So, so I don't know if that's what that that was alluding to, um, but. The parties just want to change it to class one, so I don't know how they're going to get there, um, whether it's by more lanes or whatever. But more lanes that could just that just be like a, a pledge to kind of make um, I don't want to say safer, but to kind of increase uh, flow um, of of these um, you know of these uh, highways because we know that if there's a big accident, especially in the winter, yeah, it shuts down the whole the whole highway. You can't you literally can't get through northern Ontario without you know without being backed up for three or four hours sometimes. Right, so. Hey, we we're very much supportive here of our northern uh, our northern friends and them having the same access to infrastructure and uh, transportation options as we do down here in the right. south. So. And I mean, the liberals in their platform, page seventy nine, page seventy nine. This I'm all messed up on pages now because they. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. Yeah. Their PDFs I, and and the page numbers are different in some of them, but they they also committed to um, making four lanes of uh, eleven and seventeen through Thunder Bay by twenty twenty five. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So you, you know what? It's funny. I actually when I I actually kind of ignored the pledges to to expand uh, provincial highways because it doesn't really. I the way I see it is that that's just you know it doesn't it doesn't it does affect but it doesn't directly affect. Um, so if you like you probably had there's a whole list of other highways that they were gonna. Yeah, I, to I didn't mention and, them all. Uh, yeah, no, I know. But like, like sixty nine, uh, seventeen. Yeah, um, yeah, and then there was also a bunch of other commitments. I think in, in all the in all the other platforms as well about right. expanding highways. Sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get into a discussion too much about <laughs> that. In all honesty, but um, yeah, it is it is good to see the level of service, like the pledge to increase the level of service right. um, to class one level, level for winter maintenance, and I think. Uh, the fact that um, you know we're, we're seeing that from from a lot of the parties here is is a good uh, 
and I'm, seems a good thing. Hopefully, when they what they mean by uh, expanding or widening, it allows them to move up to a class one, right? For those levels of service, yeah, yeah. for the people in the north because. Driving up there is miserable sometimes. I've been through the north in the summer, and it's uh, worrisome at the best of times. Right, but right. I can only imagine in the winter. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I agree, Jared. So, yeah, so okay, so we touched on the two plus one. We touched on uh, winter maintenance. Um, shoot, what else was? Oh, we touched on uh, Vision Zero and safe systems and the and the commitments there. Um, was there anything else that we wanted to mention here in terms of uh, safe use of public assets? Oh, um, the, well, no, I think I mentioned it already with the Green Party. They had done, they had, they had pledged a lot of, uh, a lot on that front. I think I yeah. we talked about that already. But um, I think that's, I think that was it the, for that section for that okay. for that priority. Well, let's uh, let's move on to uh, adapting to. Uh, changing climate sure. and um, if we remember anything at the end we can just come back circle back and uh, sure. yeah. touch on anything we might have forgotten sure yeah so uh, climate change um, so yeah I'll, why don't I just preface that uh, with um, so the um, the FAO the Financial Accountability Office of Ontario like earlier this year they released its uh, costing climate change impacts to public infrastructure report and this essentially assessed the financial impact of three climate hazards extreme rainfall, extreme heat, and, and freeze-thaw cycles on public buildings um, in Ontario. And essentially, uh, they, they, had, um, they had predicted that these, that all, that these three uh, hazards will add nearly $6 billion uh, to the cost of maintaining uh, public buildings and facilities uh, in a state of good repair just between now and the end of the decade. So just wow. until 2030, that's $6, that's $6 billion. Um, And then they, they had also... Um, you know, they had also uh, added a bunch of other numbers in there, or scenarios, I should say. Uh, it'll be sixty-six billion by the end of the century, and, and or eight hundred million dollars per year um, on average. So we're talking, we're going back to municipal fiscal sustainability here, and all that um, to be able to, you know, adapt your infrastructure and your buildings to, um, you know, to, to 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 for this change in climate. You know, there's going to be there's need to be significant. Commitment from other levels of government and look other other infrastructure programs that exist. Um, you know they they I don't want to say they prioritize it, but they do mention it that like you know it's for a changing future and climate and that and blah blah blah. blah. But what we need, I think, at this point is like is a wholesale commitment to it because these one in once in a hundred year storms, one they they happen once every decade now, once every five years, yeah. once every even depending like it could be two years in a row i, I remember a couple of years back uh, you know in toronto just after heavy rain it's just you know, seeing pictures of you know streetcars flooded and the dvp no trains. flooded yeah the dvp and like bridges underwater bridges underwater and i mean and if you think about worse, right? if you think about this year um in oakville it, it was two weeks ago what we're in may right now two weeks ago and it was snowing yeah it's uh, so well, that's just spring in Canada, too. <laughs> <laughs> I well, it seems to follow the conference. Like literally, the day after conference, right, it yeah, snows. Yeah, get some snow. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care when the conference is. It could be in the middle of July, and yeah, then it'll snow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, so we so we're looking we're looking to see um, you know if parties uh, will commit to that. Um, so um, what was I going to start with? Here? So I mean, I think the logical to start this is the Green Party because. Mike Schreiner came to our conference and actually this is where he announced it first was he wanted to create a $2 billion per year, per year 
Climate Change Adaptation Fund to support municipalities with green and resilient infrastructure. That is, again, that is a huge commitment uh, on the part of the Greens. Um, and that's that's what municipalities need. That, that That's the sort of like level. That's the level of... Um, I guess the scale we need we need this kind of ambitious investment in climate change adaptation. So um, that's like that's like in a league of its own. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, second one I saw was um, the Liberals. So they they had also pledged that, but they they were uh, pledging two hundred and fifty million a year. So two billion, two fifty million. Okay, that's it's a big difference, but it's there. And they so I'm I'm glad to see that it has it was it was mentioned. Um, I don't think anyone's going to outgreen the greens on that. So, in all honesty, so I think that's you know it had to kind of be there right. uh, at that level. Um, w- did you see any in any of the other uh, platforms here? I, I uh, not specifically for yeah. that. No. Yeah, not specifically. I didn't see it. So again, on- honorable mention there to 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 the greens and also the liberals for uh, for, for 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 bringing that in. But that's it's it's only it's only an issue that's going to continue um, to get more important and. Um, you know, we're, we have we prioritize asset management here at Good Roads. Right. Um, in the municipal asset management regulation, it actually like it says that municipalities have to have like a strategic plan to uh, be able to kind of address this. Um, you know, kind of in their plan and going forward, that sort of thing. You know, municipalities most of the time they know what has to be done, but they just can't afford to do it. And exactly. So yeah. having that having a dedicated fund just for that, I think, is um, you know, it's it's really important. Right. Um, so let's. Um, Let's see what happens and let's hopefully, um, you know, we can bring emissions down uh, and, you know, these scenarios that were outlined by the the financial accountability officer, hopefully we're on the low end of it, not the high end, because essentially the higher it is, the more it's going to cost us in the long run. Exactly. Um, speaking of emissions, um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a walk here, so stay with me. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, God. Um, one of the things I noticed through a lot of the uh, platforms is they're big on electrification vehicle electrification yep i knew you yeah okay and uh to do that they want to build batteries in ontario um specifically for that um they're talking about uh developing the ring of fire the northern ontario and again this goes back to northern ontario um there were some platforms specifically that mentioned building roads up there and sustainable roads and and something that the north can connect to the south with Mm -hmm. uh to build up the Ring of Fire area to bring in uh, the materials needed for electric batteries and electrification of yeah. vehicles. Um, that, that I think, falls perfectly into climate change. In, and, I mean, there, there are secondary things like um, the Liberals, I believe, were talking about bringing back um, EV rebates. Um, but for the, main, for, for yeah, the most part, on that we'll touch on that afterwards. But for the most part... Um, the Liberals uh, are talking about EV batteries made and sold in Ontario, developing the Ring of Fire. Um, right. And the Conservatives had they had I mean, yeah. that was mentioned throughout their their budget. I mean that was they they, right. they you know kudos to them. They they kind of moved from uh, let's rip up let's rip up charging stations and or charging at go stations to we want to be the you know uh, EV capital of like North America. Right. So. You know, it's important to kind of give credit where credit is due, and, and and understanding. Like I think they saw how important this was, and they and they changed their mind on it. So it's good to see that they 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 made big investments in some of the big automakers um, to retool 
um, in Canada, or sorry, in Ontario, so to have those. And they partnered with the, the federal government on a lot of those investments as well. Right. So, but you're right. This is all part of a strategy. And, it, and I think it's, yeah, it's very well, much mentioned in the budget. It, and it crosses many boundaries too. I mean, you've got development of Northern Ontario with the roads to the Ring of Fire. You need decent roads. You can't right. have half-year roads. Yeah, and um, the Indigenous communities Indigenous well, communities so. especially. I mean, they, they uh, it helps build them up and it helps... Yeah, it has to be it has to be done in consultation right, with them exactly. and, and with buy-in for for them because there is obviously some cost to the community as well. But the costs have to kind of outweigh, uh, or the benefits have to outweigh the costs. Yeah. Sorry, so. but I mean it puts Ontario on the map in terms of EV development, um, minerals, and uh, and growth, right. um, especially if we can develop vehicles and batteries built here. Right, exactly. And yeah. and um, I guess just a tertiary thing too, uh, as we saw through the pandemic, we. Um, the supply chain issues. Right. That, Having domestic production on as many things as you can, I think, is right. very important. So, I mean, this... Or, or very, like, so, sorry, when I say as many things, I mean, like, in terms of uh, things that are, like, uh, not national security, but uh, <laughs> things that are very important. Um, right. What's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. It's, it's eluding me, but... That's, a, that's okay. Like, like, critical... Critical, critical, thing, critical, yeah, critical infrastructure. Yeah, critical infrastructure, critical uh, products, too. Like, right. And people need cars. The cost of a used car is sky... Like, you know, trying to buy one last year... You're well, paying more for the used car than you were if you bought it new. And then the price of gas too. People price can't gas, people yeah. can't afford to go anywhere. You, you've got to really right. ration your driving. Right. So I mean, you you right. got EVs. Um, gas prices don't really bother me right now. Yeah, because you're an EV driver. Well, until the summer, and I got to gas up my lawnmower for twenty dollars. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we we get that crit- critical infrastructure. That's one of the things I, I'm happy to see back from the liberals is they want to put that uh, EV rebate. I mean, yeah. it's only 9,500. Well, I shouldn't well, say I shouldn't only. Say, that's, so that's 95. So that's 8,500 for the car, 1,000, I think, for the station, right? like the charging station. And then that's, but that also, you can stack that on top of the federal, the federal one, which, which is another five. Which is another five. So you're looking at like 15, almost 15,000. Close to. I mean, when, when I got mine, it was 15 from the provincial and then 50% for the charging station, which. Right. So you're almost back in that. Yeah. Uh, in that and, and even now we've got more uh, electric vehicle manufacturers. I mean, it's not just Tesla, Chevy's, they're, they're bolts. The, the 2022 bolt, yeah. bolts are. Uh, and, the, and Toyota. I, I mean, they're, they're, it, it's hard to get. Uh, Hyundai's got the Ionic. Um, Kia's got something out there. Ford's got uh, the Mustang and the uh, pickup truck is coming out soon, which oh. is just an incredible vehicle. <laughs> but um, we, we've, you've got so much more choice right now. The problem is we've got to get them in Ontario and uh, building, building batteries in Ontario will make it easier to build these vehicles in Ontario, get them to Ontario, get them to people using them here. Right, right. And uh, and I agree with that. Did the did you see anything in the NDP platform about that? Uh, they, they've got a, a zero emissions vehicle strategy on page thirty eight. Uh, they talk about responsible mining on forty four and developing the Ring of Fire on forty five. Um, of the PDF, not of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. <laughs> so um, they, they've got strategies on that as well. Again, the Greens, I didn't. Uh, again, I didn't have a chance to take a look at that this morning. But they're like, like you said, you don't outgreen the Greens. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure they have something specific for that. Well, you know, they actually they want to do a lot. And honestly, I wish I had like I wish I had seen this before. But they like just looking at it right now, they they want to um, join other provinces adopting zero emission vehicle standards. They want to be part of the EV revolution. Um, let's see, uh, they actually want to, uh, so they want to increase demand for new low, low vehicle that incentives up to 10,000 for buying a fully electric vehicle and a thousand for an e-bike or used electric vehicle. So that's, so that's pretty much, I think that's similar to what the liberals had. Yeah. Um, Although there's been, I don't think I saw they mentioned, um, 500 was the liberals. Um, that was under their, um, 
quasi uh, Vision Zero. Oh, I see. Plan. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so the, yeah, so the Greens also want to require trucks in urban areas to be 50% zero emission vehicles by 2030 and 100% by 2040. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And that's doable. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. from what I've seen from Ford's truck, it's it's supposed to be as good or better than a gas-powered truck. Right. Um, as battery technology grows, um, I know Toyota just brought out a solid-state battery, which essentially the 238% of a, of a regular lithium-ion battery, but as this technology grows, th this it's going to be far beyond gas vehicles. And I mean, the great thing about it is you don't need to worry about maintenance. There's no moving parts, uh, instant torque, yeah, all, all of this, right. all of this great yeah, stuff. You yeah. just don't have that huge roar. And I mean, it, it's not like no, nobody's telling you to get rid of your gas car. You can keep it. It's just going to cost a little bit more to run, right? And and maintenance. I mean, for the for the people who like to fix up their cars and everything like that. Um, but I mean, honestly, if you ever get a chance, and I know Kara Claremont talked about this in her EV episode, if you, if you ever get a chance, get out and check out those, uh, check out an EV car, take it for a spin. Right. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. You'll understand why, <laughs> why people. Right, Joe, I'm going to I'm gonna have to cut your <laughs> infomercial here on EVs short because we, we're, 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 hey, we we're, there's we're, a little more ground to cover here. We're trying to sell these, right? <laughs> we're we're um, trying to get uh, zero emissions in Canada. Right, right. Now, if we if we can develop a partnership with uh, an EV manufacturer who, you know, and we get a sale. Uh, GM, we get, we, Ford, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know, we'll, then we'll gladly uh, talk more about the EVs on, on the show here, Jared. Um, but uh, I also just wanted to kind of just while we're on this, so it's electric vehicles are great, but they, people always say, what about infrastructure, charging infrastructure? And that's a big thing. Um, the Greens in their platform, they want to increase access to EVs and the charging infrastructure. Right. Um, they want to increase the number of fast charging stations on every 400 series highway rest stop. Um, right. By 2023, they want to require all new or resurfaced parking areas, both public and private, to install EV charging. That's pretty huge. Um, they want to provide a tax incentive for businesses to install charging infrastructure, and they want to require existing parking lots and garages, again, both public, private, above or below ground, to install access to EV charging in 25% of spots by 2024, 50% by 2030, and 75% by 2035. That, uh, and they want to amend the building code so that new homes are EV charging ready. Awesome. So that's yeah. a, that's that's literally I, I barely even had a chance to look at this platform, but this stood out. Well, and I mean the the big thing about that too is a lot of people, condo owners like yeah. yourself, are worried. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember you had this question for Cara was uh, how how am I supposed to get it in there? How am yeah. I gonna? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, no installing it, and it's uh, it's so yeah. Like now, also like I am on my condo board. Um, I am aware of the kind of the challenges and. Even just like it's like I don't it's not um, you know it's not even viable to for every spot to have uh, a charging station in a in a building like that right or in con in in condos because you, the amount of electricity you'd have to have going into the building would be it's it's almost impossible yeah and again that that touches back on energy use and uh, it, yes and how we get our energy I know right I know there were a couple platforms that mentioned um, getting rid of natural gas plants entirely was that the Greens or the Liberals. I can't remember uh, I off the top of my head. It wasn't it wasn't municipal based, so I just sort of glossed over it. But um, no, I think that was the. I think what you're referencing was there was an IESO study that talked about uh, phasing out, like how if they're going to phase out natural. Well, gas, I remember right? one platform specifically saying getting rid of natural oh, okay. gas so in I favor of more um, of more green infrastructure, which green, yeah, green energy. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I mean, remember. I don't. Know. I mean, the, I mean, looking at the green platform. 
and they literally say double unauthorized electricity, electricity supply by 2040 right. and make unauthorized electricity emission-free as quickly as possible in order to electrify transportation. But I mean, to do that too, like you need a backup, you need, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to get rid of natural gas, you've got to go with nuclear. Um, yeah, I mean, we, the, we've, the Green Party platform says don't build new uranium mines or nuclear plants that add to our huge pile of dangerous nuclear waste. Uh, they want to shut down the aged Pickering nuclear plant as scheduled or earlier if continued operation is unsafe. You see, that worries me, though. I mean, They want to negotiate to buy and or exchange power with Quebec if both power and transmission are available at a reasonable price. I mean, that's another, that's another way of doing it. It's a way of doing it, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll give them that. It, it's something to look at. It's But... I'm, I mean, not gonna so I haven't, I'm not going to lie. I haven't, yeah. I'm not focusing on energy because it's Neither not... Neither am I. Neither am I. I'm just... I'm saying it's yeah. something to think about. It is something to think about, yes. yes. Like you, you can shut down one form of, of electricity in favor of another. You've got to make sure it's sustainable because sure. yeah, I know I, California I did that in term, in uh, in favor of renewables and they were rolling blackouts for an entire summer. True. And then they got battery infrastructure to back that up and it couldn't handle the load and caught fire. I see. So, I mean, it, this, this is not municipal. We'll move on right. from that, yeah. but it's... When you're looking at these different aspects of, uh, right. of platforms, you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, so like the the liberal platform, just because now you've got me talking about it, I don't really, <laughs> you know, I don't really whatever. But I do see a reference in there to the increase the use of renewable natural gas, which is what we've talked about. That's on, fine. Yeah, on this show before. Um, and they they want to cut carbon and methane pollution by more than fifty percent. And I know we talked about. Um, back when we had uh, Joey Seipel, so let me talk about from how Enbridge, yeah. yeah. And, and we talked about how methane was really uh, was yeah. actually even worse than carbon. And then with Cap in our last cap, episode, they cap, they yeah. mentioned uh, RNG. Yeah, so the liberals do mention that um, again. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're you're, you're you got me. Um, so now I feel like I have to I have to look at the NDP one as well. I, I do yeah. see it. Yeah, expand clean renewable energy. They want to expand hydro capacity, um, increase affordable renewables, including wind and solar. Um, and improve uh, grid scale storage and make major grid interconnections with Quebec and Manitoba. Why not do everything, right? And that's, but that's, so I think, I think increasing those connections with our, with our neighbors that have, Quebec has clean hydro, like they sell it to New York yeah. for so cheap. Right, exactly. Um, so I think that that's, yeah, I, I, yeah. So, But I mean, it's, it's like uh, Shannon said in the last episode is um, you don't cut off one form of fuel for another. Why not use both? Why not use all? Well, I think, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. You, you can take it down, but getting rid of it entirely is. Um, well, we don't, I don't think anyone's to say, well, not all at once. Yeah. Not all one. at once. Yeah. That's, that's a, good, yeah. a good way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a transition, right? But so, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of uh, uh, climate? Of climate? No, I, no. Okay. I, was, I was more so trying to focus on the infrastructure part of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, these conversations or these types of things are, it's, it's, right. they kind of go hand in hand. So, so to pivot to the climate change, uh, or from the climate change into our next uh, priority, priority yeah. um, discussing with, uh, with, with um, Jess your Amtruck. Jess your Amtruck, thank you. Um, Ramchuk. Yes, your Ram truck. I said truck. I know. Thinking about trucks. <laughs> She'd be very disappointed to hear you. Say I that. know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jess. Um, <laughs> speaking with her about insurance rates, um, that goes hand in hand with climate change as well, because uh, as it she does. was saying, a yes. lot of yeah, lot that's of an the, upward pressure on right. uh, on on insurance premiums. So, you know, it, that is a, you know, it's funny. I was actually figuring. I was I was you know um, almost debating with myself here, or or, or thinking about how best to. Um, structure these priorities 
And I had originally had climate change adaptation underneath a skyrocketing insurance premiums because it's just it is such a big factor. And and she mentioned that herself when we tell you know we can we can reference that show uh, in in the notes or whatever if people want to go back to that episode. But yeah, that's one of the that's one of the big things. Um, uh, skyrocketing insurance premiums. So I remember she mentioned uh, this climate change and cybersecurity, and then um, the long tail nature of um, uh, lawsuits against municipalities. Right. Um, and then, of course, our favorite joint and several liability. <laughs> um, so I was going to say, you know, this this conversation on this priority might be very short, Jared, because uh, no party has committed to reforming joint and several liability um, if we're talking about that specifically. Well, um, I mean, and as we learned in that episode, it's not the silver bullet we think it's, it's going to be. It's not the silver bullet. But, yeah, we still wanted to see some reference to it right. um, or some reference to um, skyrocketing insurance premiums. I hate to say it, I did not see any mention in it in any platform. Um, I, I might have to check the greens because I didn't get a full. In chance. terms of insurance, the only thing I saw was auto insurance, and I don't know if that right will so, extend extend to municipalities. Or? Uh, no, I think that's just um, that's just for personal yeah. auto insurance. And the NDP made a big pledge yesterday. We'll see, but this is interesting. So the NDP made a pledge that they would look into how they could reduce um, car insurance, like for us, I guess, right. you know, for a driver individual, not for a municipality. But we're using a public infrastructure model. And we know, like, for example, Manitoba has something like that. I think Quebec has something like that. Maybe there's another way, you know, in how we do things. Uh, I don't know how that would be applied to, you know, if there's, um, you know, uh, we talked about pooling funds for, for example, if you want to talk about reforming joint several liability, if there's a fund that all municipalities can pool, you know, resources into to kind of, uh, you know, for catastrophic loss if we want to reform joint and separate liability that's kind of along the lines of a public system like it's not like obviously not the same thing but right. if we're talking about shifting the way we think about it in terms of um innovative uh, solutions i mean i don't know maybe that's the start of how we can kind of think about it um but no specific mention from any party and it was you know I'll, I'll say this i'll give the conservatives credit here they when they were first elected they pledged they were going to do it and they quickly realized that it is really hard to reform it like it is not easy um, we wish that they could have found a way to do it and, you know, we'll be there to support them or any other party that wants to kind of um, find a way to reform it, even if it's not the silver bullet, um, even if it's not the core's light of um, <laughs> of solutions. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't pay us. We're not, uh... I, yeah, it's true, true. Um, but um, yeah, so like it, it's, yeah, it's unfortunately in that sense. The, the other thing... Um, that we are that that was mentioned in terms of uh, you know rising insurance premiums was cybersecurity. Right. Um, cybersecurity. We mentioned that at our conference um, quite a bit. Uh, that we had like almost like a stream about that and that and smart city solutions and all that. Um, we had a like one like you know specific session which actually dealt with like municipal you know cybersecurity. Unfortunately, uh, I don't I don't see anything about cybersecurity. Um, Oh, actually, the liberals, uh, they mentioned it four times. Um, that's more so, for, I think, for businesses. They want to invest in e-commerce, cybersecurity, and innovation. So, hey, special uh, special mention, because anything that you do for businesses in this kind of sense can be um, you know, applied. But they want to they prevent data breaches by promoting affordable cybersecurity. Right. So that's a nice pledge. And um, they want to reduce the risks to online transactions by promoting... Okay, that's the same thing. So, yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't even... I didn't really look at that until this moment. Yeah. And uh, it's there. Um, so cybersecurity, uh, that's good on the liberals for that. Let's see. Is that in the budget anywhere? Not in the budget anywhere. Okay. So special mention to the liberals for, for talking about cybersecurity because 
that can help uh, that that could help uh, reduce one of the upward pressures on uh, on rising costs. Right, rising and costs. I mean the only other thing I can see in terms of insurance is the automobile insurance from the conservatives um, creating more choice and cracking down on fraud. Uh, I don't know if that's going to funnel downwards or I guess upwards to municipalities. Right, in terms of. Um, if, if they can make different choices in their in their packages and right. reduce their rates, um, and then they, they mention enhancing fairness, and but I mean this is all autom- like automobile specifically for uh, just everyday people. I don't know if this is going to spill over into municipalities and help right. them. Um, hopefully, it does. I mean, right. if you if they lower insurance rates for everyday people, perhaps it'll make it a little bit easier for insurance companies to insure municipalities. Yeah, uh, I guess depends depending on how they try to achieve that. Um, that's uh, that's yeah, you might be right here. I don't know. I actually, I'm not gonna lie. It's not that's not an area of my um, expertise per se, in tr- like the auto insurance side of things. Right. Um, I just I just thought the NDP pledge was interesting because they're really they're they're looking to fundamentally change it because we know like for example, you know, if we go back a few years, uh, Kathleen Wynne when she was premier, she pledged to reduce auto insurance. I think it was by 15 percent when she was premier. I don't think that was achieved. And I, but I don't think there was like a, a, a rethinking of the entire kind of industry. Right. Moving to a public um, insurance um, model is a complete, I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong way, but that's like a completely different approach to it. So if they're, if they're looking to change, if they're, look, if they're um, um, what's, the word, what's the word I'm looking for here? If they're interested in doing it for that, for, insure, for auto insurance, they might be interested in doing it. They can, they can reapply it. They can apply that approach or uh, to, to, to the municipal sidings. I don't know. That's not in there. I'm not putting words in Andrew Horvath's mouth either. Um, but, you know, that's something that we could kind of uh, talk about uh, if that ever arose. Yeah. So in terms of insurance, we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, usually that's a short conversation because there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, but... I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. But So um, um, with that, yeah. we can move on to uh, the trusted partner for the future. Yeah. So trusted. Par- so I kind of, it's interesting. I kind of I kind of touched on this already in a, in a bunch of other, um, you know, uh, priorities. But like, so, for example, I'll start off here. Um, I mentioned that the the, the current government, um, you know, Premier Ford, Minister Clark, you know, they've been they've been they've been pretty good. They've been pretty trusted partners for municipalities. I mean. It started off a little bit rocky. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I'll give them credit for for pivoting and um, you know switching up their tone because at first you know with Toronto and cutting down the um, you know that that was we don't like that in all, by all means. But um, for example, during COVID, like I mentioned, they were there. They helped municipalities with their budgets. Right. Municipalities, especially those with bigger transit systems, they were really they were not getting any revenues and transit's an essential service that you can't just stop. You can reduce, but you can't stop it. Right. Exactly. People need to get around. Yeah. So they, they, um, they they had, they, they came back. It was multi-year. It was over, I think two or even, even coming into the third year, they have, um, they've been there to kind of help cover those shortfalls, which obviously are not the municipalities. There's nothing they really could have done about that, um, to, to stop that. Um, so it's, that's the kind of partnership that we wanted to see. Um, the conservatives, I, I'll just say this about the conservatives again, they had very big ambitions with, um, uh, to reform housing and how housing is built and whatnot. And, um, they had, they, there were some pretty bold proposals in that housing strategy that, uh, was put together. Um, and I, I think that they were looking to kind of, um, to do that. Um, unfortunately, municipalities pushed back really hard on some of those. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, again, whether I'm not here, you know, you, housing advocates would probably say that that was the wrong thing to do. 
But what I'm trying to say is municipalities pushed back hard and the province listened. And as a municipal organization or municipal association, that's what you want to see. Um, because it means that they're listening to the sector, to the people who are dealing with this stuff um, day to day on the ground. Um, again, whether that was the right decision or not in terms of uh, increasing housing supply, that's some, that's another conversation. But so I will say that I just want to give special uh, an honorable mention here to the current government, um, Minister Clark, who spoke at a conference, by the way, right. um, for, for doing that. Um, yeah. Um, to, to move on from the Conservatives, uh, a big shout out to the NDP because uh, in their platform they specifically have um, a, a section about um, partnering with municipalities, new partners for cities and towns, page 89 in the PDF, uh, oh, yeah. 87. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they want to uh, reform the land tribunals, uh, Bill 121 for the Municipal Representation Protection Act uh, and strengthen municipal decision making with the commitments that they that they mentioned, uh, new ways to strengthen municipal decision making, including city charters and recognizing right. and support municipal government's legitimate powers. Right. Yeah. And, th and there you go. And that's exactly kind of what you want to see. And I think that kind of that's kind of like a little bit of a. Um, a reaction to what the current government had done at the very beginning of their term with uh, you know meddling in the Toronto uh, well they uh, mentioned uh, the liberals and the conservatives in that but I'm not going to bring it up you can read that for yourself yes yes it, it was not um... anyway yeah <laughs> so yes anyways um, but yeah so it, no it is and that's and that's kind of what we that's exactly what we want to see is like a commitment to work um, with municipalities and I, th I think we yeah, we mentioned this already but in terms of municipal revenue tools did we mention this in the start i can't remember now no i was going to uh i was going to bring that up at the start but i figured since we're we're yeah, making is, our way through the uh as a part, the priorities yes, could, um yeah so okay so i so so while um uh what was i going to say well to pre I'll, I'll let you think about your thought for a second there yes. but to preface that in yes. the um uh, North Bay uh, election debate that just happened a couple of days ago. That was one of the first questions: was uh, revenue tools for for municipalities. Yes. Uh, they got talking about Toronto's revenue tools. We've been advocating for this for a while. Yep. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they 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 got talking a lot about um, expanding those to the rest of the province. To the rest so of all the, the province, all the other municipalities, essentially. Um, so yeah, so so essentially, yeah, this essentially expanding the the the. Um, provisions in the city of Toronto Act to the Municipal Act. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all the other municipalities have them. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I think what we learned in the debate was that the Green Party and the Liberal Party are in favor of that. Now, I didn't see that well, in, in the Liberal platform. The Liberals, I, I'm, I'm looking, I've got a Globe and Mail article here about okay. that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll put it on the The notes. platform was released ahead of that yeah. debate. but So, I don't know if this is something they, were, like, they added after. But Well, I mean, like you said, Greens, 100%. Uh, municipalities, the same power. Uh, they'd update the property tax system. Uh, Del Duca says that the government would have a conversation with municipalities and federal government about the funding. Uh, Ford knocked it away, saying he would never support raising taxes. Right. Um, and... Andrea Horvath says that she would upload some municipal costs to the province, right, which is probably which, yeah. where I read about uploading costs. Yeah, so. and, and like we said, the Liberals had mentioned that with roads and some of the roads and bridges. So right. it's good to, we, hey, we're happy with uploading. As, again, as long as municipalities agree to it, not not unilaterally uploading, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they, they've got to have control over what gets uploaded and what doesn't because, right. I mean, I, I, if it's unilateral, they lose control of their municipalities in certain instances. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to again mention the Green Party here because I, I do have the platform uh, open as well. It's it says it's specifically specifically grant municipalities autonomy to implement revenue tools to fund critical infrastructure needs and services. 
um, and then provide financial support for our municipalities to bolster local infrastructure by provincially funding 50% of shelter and community housing costs um, while allowing municipalities to maintain management control. That's the kind of uploading I like to see. Um, and then restoring the 50% provincial cost share um, for transit operations, um, which is the NDP also uh, pledged that. We mentioned that. Right. Um, but yeah, they also want to increase collaboration and consultation um, between municipalities and the province. So, and then also assessing the use of city charters, which the NDP, uh, sorry, yeah, the, the NDP had also had also um, had also mentioned. So uh, I like that they have uh, they have the, all those um, those mentions in there because it's very important um, important stuff that and very important to have that partner. So um, yeah. Uh, I feel like was, there was something else I was going to mention here, but sorry, if you have something to say, Jared, go ahead. No, um, in terms of partnership, that's about it. Um, yeah, the, the main people, the main platform I saw that mentioned specific partnership was the NDP. Um, uh, again, every party to some level has been a great partner with uh, Good Roads. We, we've had excellent conversations and move forward on a lot of subjects with them. So, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, unless you have anything else to add to that. Um, no, it's just um, I, I see. I did see a couple of mentions. This was I saw this in the um, NDP platform and the Liberal platform about uh, better engaging local communities on transit projects, uh, especially with a specific reference to Metrolinks. Um, there's a lot of I don't know how to say this politely or, or diplomatically, but a lot of with with Metrolinks, a lot of times there's a code of silence, kind of that, come, and then a decision is just there, and yeah. people are left wondering like, what the heck happened. <laughs> um, so both parties, uh, the Liberals and the NDP, have pledged to kind of um, make it more transparent um, and provide more community benefits um, with Metrolink's projects. So that's uh, I like to, I like to see that. I don't know how that's achieved, um, but um, I like I do like to see that. Um, so yeah, so that, I think that's the last thing I, I wanted to kind of mention in terms of the the partnership. So those go through our priorities um, pretty in depth. Actually, there's a lot there, and this episode is going to be a lot longer than the federal government uh, one yeah. was. We're already yeah. uh, what are we at an hour now? Hour and seventeen minutes. So. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, so we, we should probably wrap this up then, Jerry. Well, I mean, I, I just want to take a few minutes to touch on some little things that may or we may have missed or we may have uh, not touched on. Okay. While we were uh, going through there. Um, High-speed internet for rural Ontario. Um, Liberals, PCs specifically, have that in their platforms. Yeah. Um, page 44 for the PCs, uh, 78 for the Liberals. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like every party's promised this uh, every year. And yeah. it's, it's just such a big thing. I don't think I, it, yeah. I, yeah, it is a big project. Uh, but, I mean, at some point, you've got to get on You've got to get on that. People need that, especially with the pandemic. Uh, board member Kelly Elliott, she... I, I remember hearing anecdotes from her about having to drive to the public library and use their Wi-Fi because right. their internet is horrible. Um, yeah. I, again, I'll give credit to the current government. They've they've very much prioritized this. Yeah. Uh, Minister Clark and his team, uh, Minister Surma uh, as well. Uh, they've been really doing the, a lot of the heavy lifting or trying to get uh, a regime in place. They passed, I think, two or three bills. Um, and then the latest one just passed um, a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, to kind of really get this going, so but, and the thing there it, are yeah. some there is some I don't want to say it's like um, like there are there was some municipal pushback and I think we might be hearing about more of that to come right. because but you, you have to kind of uh, prioritize it and I'll give them that they have prioritized it they put their money where their mouth is they want to have it by twenty twenty five through yeah. everywhere in the province. We said um, that the liberals want 2020. Well, the conservatives well. have been talking about that yeah. for for years now. So, but I mean, and, and I in multiple places. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not uh, dumping on the current government. I'm not dumping on any levels of government because. 
A lot of this has to do with our telecom providers as it is now. I mean, I know they're probably working hard to get stuff out there. Getting infrastructure out to these rural places is a pain. I mean, uh, right. repeaters and and stuff like that to get high-speed internet out to these right. remote locations is very difficult. And we really didn't see a lot of uptake until uh, Starlink came out from Elon Musk. Yeah, so maybe we should just have a Starlink subsidy program and know how to build the infrastructure. <laughs> well, I mean, that can only go so far. I, I don't want to. There, there's a whole other... We're not going to get into that, but yeah. um, I, I don't want to dump entirely on the provincial government for that. That's oh, a lot of work. I, I and mean, I, who's dumping on them, Jared? I, mean, I wasn't. So nobody, if, nobody. Think, but I'm saying this was what you were thinking. <laughs> don't get angry at the government because yes. well, we it have, takes time. It takes time. it takes time. We have telecoms they've got to work with and they've got to schedule. And they have to and look at municipalities as exactly, well. Right? Exactly. So right in when the most recent one that was. Um, there was like they're trying to essentially an application goes forward and they set strict deadlines on when a municipality has to approve it by, which again, our, some of our members are telling us like they're pushing back on this yeah, um, because it's sometimes it's a little bit unrealistic or, or it's very tough to meet those deadlines. But on the flip side, we have to kind of get this done as quickly as possible. So this is where we need to have a partner. You have to work together. It's like, okay, the intention is there and we want that to be built. Uh, but at the same time, like listening to municipalities, maybe there's no capacity. Maybe the telecoms aren't working. They're not doing the right job there. Uh, right. You know, let's dump on the telecoms. You know, they're not. You know, we, I'm just joking. Well, Unless uh, they want to sponsor. Uh, <laughs> well, we've we've had. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just joking. Yeah. Let's not dump on anybody. We're no. We're, we're a positive a positive podcast right. here. So we'll we'll move on from there. Just saying that that is a priority. Yeah. Um, the the liberals, the PCs have it in their yeah. platforms. Yeah. Um, it, it is a difficult project. Yes. But um, the province is working on it, and yeah. Yeah. They, they've they've got a date in there. That's like yes. twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's three years away. If it doesn't happen by then, then then crap on them. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, in, but in terms of just random anecdotes or things that I also liked in there, um, in the liberal platform, they said they want to work closely with municipalities and indigenous communities to protect and restore Ontario's rivers, lakes, wetlands, watersheds, but specifically. Um, reduce pollution um, in Lake Simcoe and the Great Lakes, including lowering road salt runoff, which is harming aquatic ecosystems. So that's, you know, for us, smart about salt, all that stuff. We've been talking about that for years. I love to see that in a platform. Um, you know, in some, time, in some instances, you're seeing salt uh, water creatures in uh, freshwater right. because there's so much road salt. Um, it, it damages crops for farmers and, you know, and it gets into watersheds. I'm very much in, a, in support of this. Like, if we can help, if you're listening, if you get elected, we want to be a part of that as well. Yeah, uh, it's a very specific mention. I don't think I saw it anywhere else. So, I mean, I mean, I'm, maybe the Green Party would have something about that as well. But um, I didn't have a chance to look. So, no, uh, but yeah, the I have two other small little points to bring up. But I mean, yeah, salt is definitely a big deal, and I know yeah. um, with the minimum maintenance standard, salt is, salt is included in there, how much you have to salt and so on and so forth. Uh, it, I, I'm hearing a lot of the private um, companies are the main reason for Yeah, because, well, but, but this also leads, goes back to joint several liability, or yeah. not even just joint several, but insurance uh, yeah. and liability um, issues, because if, if someone slips and falls, you yeah, know, exactly. The, the premium, half these companies can't even get insurance coverage anymore. Right. They're not half, but you know what I mean, like a bunch of them. Uh, it's, it's an issue. So um, The only other thing, well, I've got two, two things yeah, left. One's sure. going to be an elephant in the room. The other uh, one, uh, uh, the Canadian infrastructure program, uh, I believe the PCs mentioned $30 sorry, billion. Canadian infrastructure, sorry, which one's that? Uh, page 89. Um, where was that? Is it, so you talk about, the, oh, the, the, uh, in the budget. 
In the budget, okay. Page 89. But like the Build Canada, is that what you mean? Uh, let me see what exactly they... IPIC? Oh, infrastructure, or... That was 88, there's 89. Um, Ontario Community Infrastructure, we mentioned OSIF, that. Yeah, yeah OSIF, OSIF, yeah. OSIF, yeah. Okay, that's probably... Oh, investing in the Canadian Infrastructure Program was probably what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Um, 30 billion combined federally, uh, provincial and private. Yeah, the IPIC. Over 10 years, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, what about that? Um, we, we mentioned the... Um, OSIF. We didn't mention the ICIF. If, oh, sorry. In, yeah, investing candidate. ICIP, not IPIC. Yeah. ICIP. ICIP. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah, that's. That's a big collab between uh, the federal government and the provincial governments. And yeah. That was. That was. That began and that was after Justin Trudeau was first elected. Uh, no, that no, started no. in 2015. You're right. You're right. You're right. I think or 20. Yeah, it was early on. Um, and then by the time it actually got rolled out, but it was like, so it's over like, ten, it's over a decade. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah but yeah. provinces had to kind of essentially partner and, and put money in there as well. Yeah. So. You, yeah. You mentioned OSIF at the top of the program right. and I just, I went back and I looked and the Canadian infrastructure, I just wanted to make sure that was mentioned as well, because right. that, that'll be helpful to right. municipalities. And then I guess the elephant in the room Uh-oh. being the 413. Ah, I got it. You were going to say it. That's, um, that, that seems to be quite a... I was trying not to mention this, Jeremy. Well, I mean, it seems to be quite a, a hinge um, with with three of the parties mentioning to, to scrap it and the conservatives... Right. They want to go full... Go full, full force yeah. on it. Um, we've had an episode about it. Yep. Uh, take a listen about our thoughts and feelings. Um, but that's... Uh, it, that that's very much where the uh, different political parties stand. We've got three nay, right. one yay, right. and a bunch of municipalities along the route saying nay. One right. saying at least one or two saying yay. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's yeah. I don't. I, we've we've everything we we want to say about that. I think we've already said. So I'm not even gonna. I, I just I, that is the I'm elephant in the it. room. That is the big. <laughs> The big subject, I think that was a big point in the um, debate as well, was, uh, I mean, it had nothing to do with Northern Ontario, but I, I know it was brought up anyway. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. So that that about covers everything municipal related in these platforms. Uh, do you want to leave it right there for this episode? Yeah, I just, I just, I think, I think we've covered it with the five priorities there. Um, we're going to keep monitoring uh, everything that's being said and done throughout this election, which is next, you know, a couple more weeks. Um you know, we're we'll, we'll willing as OGRA at Good Roads to work with anyone who's elected that wants to prioritize municipal transportation and infrastructure and tackle some of these longstanding um, issues with some innovative solutions. Um, and, you know, I am really looking forward to, to meeting whoever, um, you know, ends up in these uh, roles that relate to that. Right. So. Okay. I, um, I just want to remind everybody else, there's a lot more in these party platforms. Um, I'll be right. linking them all in the description below, YouTube or um, if we're on Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Uh, check them out for yourself. See which party aligns with your values. Um, definitely do your research. Check it out. Uh, moving off of that, I also want to say that uh, Good Roads board member and friend and past guest of the Good Roads podcast, Cheryl Fort, she's moving up in the political world this year and running for a spot as an MPP. So we just want to wish her good luck there. Uh, Cheryl, we know you can do it. Um, you have anything to say to that, Thomas? Well, I, I, I don't want to delve into any specific. No, uh, I, I left that purposely vague, but um, good luck to her. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, 
check out good the Good Roads Fall lineup of courses at OGRA.org, including the Gravel Roads Workshop, which is a much needed and under-recognized aspect of municipal infrastructure. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and now we've got an Instagram uh, account. Uh, well, we're, for, up, we're finally on the gram. We're on the gram. Wow, for, all uh, the millennials will be pretty pumped about this, <laughs> myself yeah. included. Yeah, so th- that's all for up-to-date information on everything happening at Good Roads. When and, do we get on TikTok, Jared? Uh, we had a discussion about that the other day. I'm not <laughs> sure I want to do that. I, I'm not good at the floss. <laughs> and I'm probably dating myself now just horribly by saying that. Um, so, yeah, I spent a bit of uh, time at Guelph Road School last week and I posted some pics on the Instagram account. Uh, so check it out. You can get a feel for what goes on there. It was a really interesting time and uh, something I recommend to anybody in uh, the municipal municipal sphere. Uh, there's truly something for everyone who works in a municipality and not just in Ontario either. Um, and again, you're never too old to learn something new. Uh, if you've stopped learning, then, well, you can't stop learning. There's always something new. So, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, give the video a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe because it's not just the podcast that goes up here. We offer tons of great content to help you run your municipality as efficiently as possible. Uh, leave us a comment, give us your feedback. Uh, we love to hear from you. Um, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, now that things have calmed down a bit around here, we'll be dropping podcasts uh, a little bit more regularly. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, until the next one, everybody, take it easy. Bye.